Hey, what's going on? This is Tony Taylor. Welcome to Leaders Lead Podcast. I'm super excited with this podcast. What we're doing is we're sitting down and we're talking to some amazing leaders across the country. We're learning cool things about them. We're learning where did they get their leadership style from? How did they adapt that leadership style? What are they changing? What are some things that they need to work on? I want you to tune in to listen to Leaders Lead Podcast. Every single week, we're going to have new content for you. We're streaming on all the major platforms. So look out for Leaders Lead Podcast. What's happening, brother? <laughs> you ready to rock and roll, man? It's oh, good. Oh, man. We are so, here. We are so, here. All right. So you've been busy this week. I've been busy this weekend. So a lot of people don't know what's going on. You've been doing a, a lot of stuff, and I've been pretty much picking up the rear to be able to share some uh, LinkedIn Live so people can actually start seeing what we're doing. Plus, uh, I'm be being excited that you know we're going to be participating in the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And we've shared those posts. So, you know, we got a guest back here. This kid, I know his dad. I've known his parents for over 50 years. We grew up together. Oh, yeah. So, so, so we got family in the building, huh? We got family. We got a family, a success story for this kid. And this kid really has been able to do remarkable things because he's street smart, pretty much street smart to the max so let's bring this kid in brother hey hey look look what's going on chris welcome to the show brother what's mr tony here? taylor hiram figueroa i appreciate you guys thank you for having me today so chris chris I, I, i've heard a lot about you oh man we, we're still doing that man it's like uh it's like the first dance with us we get ready to freaking dance it's like who's leading go ahead man i'll let you go no go ahead brother that's how we're doing that's why we do stuff live brother now, now we're at the light you go you go i go all right yeah yeah chris dude harams told me i don't want to blow your ears out harams told me a lot uh, about you man he was pretty excited he's like man you have got to check out this kid Chris Rodriguez, and now I'm looking at you. You ain't a kid, man. You're a grown ass man, yeah, right? Listen, well, I appreciate the respect, Hiram. You know, um, Hiram is an OG from where I come from. We come from the mean streets of Southside, Williamsburg. You Brooklyn, paid him before it was Hipsterville, USA. <laughs> so, um, you know, I then uh, moved into Ridgewood, Bushwick, Ridgewood, Queens, Bushwick, Brooklyn. So right up the L train, M train, you know, that's the pipeline. Uh, that's where I'm from. Uh, really appreciate that upbringing. And uh, a real core piece of why I, why I think how I think and, you know, the grind, all of the above, man. So grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I love that. Did, you, did, did uh, the, your uncle pay you, man? We yeah, call right. your uncle, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. You might as well be. You might as well yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. You might You're as well be. No. <laughs> he, he paid you. Look, yeah, man, we no. already got some. <laughs> we already got no, some people we, in the building. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I've definitely shared with uh, with a lot of my crew. Uh, look, the bottom line is, um, I'm not, I'm not an accolades, fancy schmancy, any of the above. I keep my head down and I get it and um, just really grateful that you guys think enough of my story. I'm just living it day to day and, you know, I'm happy to happy to talk shop, happy to share whatever, whatever there is to share. All right. So we're ready, brother. You ready? Indeed. Okay. All right, man. So here we go. Today we're speaking with Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez is an 18 year marketing veteran with a passion to dr for driven and growth and tangible results and branding when, with helping entrepreneurs. He has helped over 30 startup companies over his tender. He's been able to generate brand awareness, web trafficking, sign up downloads, and most, import, more, most importantly, customer review and revenue. Chris has been able to help grow three startup co companies, 
with acquisitions as far as Speak, Numfire, and contractually, another startup company called Phone to Action, another startup company called Inc. 500. Contractually, he's been able to leave, he left this position, a positive uh, impact with countless companies and colleagues and evidently has over 60,000 plus direct LinkedIn followers, has been able to mentor other individuals as, as well as founders of the companies and the tech stars and general assemblies and springboard. Chris has been able to be recognized as the Growth Hacker TV and one of the top 100 subject matter experts in startup growth within the, the social media. First off, wait a minute, brother. I know this guy and his dad, we go back 50 plus years. I remember when he was a kid and look at him now. One of the best success stories from a street smart kid from South Brooklyn, right? And East New York. And Brooklyn in the house. So there you go, Tony. You know, look, um, it sounds so pretty when you recap it. I just one day wrote all of my stuff in a bio. So it sounds so nice when you recap it. But um, yeah, I mean, the short story is, uh, I look, I started in the music industry, not in tech startups. Um, uh, learned a lot of what there is about marketing in that vertical and that industry. Uh, email marketing, social media marketing, uh, community development, community management, and uh, was pretty observant about the market. And I saw that, look, I'm sitting here, I'm a music major from a respectable school. I'm in the music industry in the middle of the road. Let's call it middle class. Like we ain't Drake over here, right? But like, okay, we're, we're pushing forward. And um, I just saw that, you know, this is probably not, the end path, but the skills are quite transferable. And, you know, I, I caught my eye on the tech startup market. Um, I'm sure we'll get into some details, but that's the high level. And then I turned around and I said, listen, I just spent like a, a, a decade in an industry A. So I got a bachelor's degree for industry A. But let me turn around and switch it all up and go into industry B. And I ended up being a 30, 31-year-old rookie in this new industry. Uh, I'll say that that in and of itself, no matter what happened after, is challenging to do. I learned in hindsight at the moment it made sense in my, in my mind. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, it's like, yo, you're going to just like uproot and leave a decade of X, a decade of a network, a decade of accolades, a decade of learnings and I did and um, I'm very grateful that I made that choice and decision and I'm now nine years in coming up on 10 I think 10 on the startup side of marketing and uh, you know my hypothesis was uh, was true <laughs> don't you love that don't you love when it when it all works out when you're just like damn man I was I was I was right. I'm glad that that you believed in yourself, and I'm glad that uh, that we got you on the show because there's a lot of uh, younger folks that I'm connected with. They ask me all the time. I'm getting messages. Hey, man, I want to change careers, and uh, I, I see that you've did it a couple of times. And they all, you know, they're always asking me questions like, "Am I a quitter?" and "Am I this?" But I like how you said that, man. You said it so eloquently that you just put your head down and, and got it. Man, I, I love that. I want to applaud you for that. What uh, what was going on in your head, man, when you decided to, to make that shift? Well, um, there, there were a couple of experiences that I had that were monetization-based. And I didn't like the way that the, the unit economics were falling for a person on the business side of the music industry, you get a piece of a piece. Mm. And when you get a piece of a piece, 
And like I alluded to, we're talking the middle class of that level. So you're getting a piece of a piece of a piece. Um, I just felt that I was personally selfishly capable of more. And, you know, started to look at the board that way and saw that, hey, listen, I could be the same dude doing the same stuff, talking the same talk, and yet make 2x, 3x, 4x more. This doesn't really make sense in my head. It doesn't compute. Um, and the other part was that I was essentially living two lives. I had a full-time gig. And then I almost put like, uh, the joke is like, I put my bat suit on and I did the nightlife, right? There's a nine to five and then there's a 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. And that's a tough life um, to be living two gigs and only be really monetizing one of them. You know, I was about it for a decade, but, um, you know, logic reigns. So I decided to make the move. And like I said, um, Glad that I did for sure. Yeah, good on you, man. Good so look, on brother, you. Yeah. So, so a lot of people don't understand that uh, you just fell in love with this process because you were you had a passion, you were, had a vision during the uh, during the times of your upbringing that we know we come from that same environment. It it brought you to a place of being clear and concise of what you wanted to do, while everybody else was being. Uh, you know, fight, you know, find themselves and driving the freeway of average. You went opposite. You played offense. You decided to do something. You kind of disappeared and and uh, more or less became who you are. Can you just more or less unpack that, Chris? Uh, when was the defining moment when you saw something and you started to go opposite versus the rest of the people? Yeah, well, um I think for me, it, like I mentioned, the, the look at the bottom line is the, the money, the monetization part was a key driver. Let me be clear. There's no cerebral answer I could give that that cannibalizes that. So let's be clear on that. Now, aside from that, um, I actually started to dig into things at the time that were cutting edge on the tech side. Specifically, I started to dig into APIs. Um, API stands for application programming interface, but simply put, it is basically plugging system A into system B integrations. And I started to get really passionate about the idea that, wait a second. So I could actually connect this entire separate system A with this entire separate system B through like, they've already pre created the connection. And that at the time, I want to say 2010, 2011, was still on the, on the cutting edge. Now it's old school. But at the time, I was so passionate about that concept. And I started to dig into companies that were in that space. And it ended up that my first startup company that I joined was actually a player in that space. So it all kind of like came together, but that was really how I first started to dig in. And I, I started to understand like, wait a second, these are, these are, I don't mean to downplay any, you know, startup success story at all. I'm trying to be these people. Let me be clear. But like, these are average Joes like you and me that just went after it, that had a plan that understood that the, the X step process and like, here we are. And I'm over here researching this thing on a website. And that was just very impressive to me. Um, and so I just, I, I, I started, that was the hook, man. That was the hook. And I just started to dig in from there. So with that being said there, you know, when did you decide to make it a plunge? Because you, you kind of checked out from the city and you started uh, branching out and started personally developing yourself. Yeah, and that that part you've been like you stated before, you had two gigs. You were pretty much a nightlife. You were finding yourself. You were developing yourself. I'm sure that while, while you were doing that somewhere along the line, you were reflecting on where you're at today. But sure. especially you were looking at yourself. When was the defining moment when you were so clear that you said, I got to get this done based on the skill set that you have? Yeah, I think um, I started to. I like to I like to think of things in micro and macro. 
all the time. So the micro is in the moment, in the next three, six, 12 months. And the macro is, sure, two, three, five years, perhaps 10 years. And, one, and once I started to have those plans and they didn't really feel, um, I want to say, like, they didn't, they didn't feel like they were the maximum version of me. Um, I, at that point, no matter the details, I was like, all right, so what could that possibly be? And then you start to ponder, you know, you're involved in your projects. I was involved in, uh, many different aspects of music industry. I was involved in talent management. I was involved in event promotions, also digital marketing promotions. Um, at the time I was, I want to say, I mean, it's not like I was the first dude to do email blasts, but I was certainly relatively early stage in sort of the up and coming music industry as it relates to like digital marketing. And I just felt started to find a passion. And I say this with love and respect. I started to find a passion more so for the craft and the art than the individuals and the, um, the projects that I was representing. And that's when I really knew, okay, wait a second. Like, I could do this and um, it goes beyond like the crew or the few peeps or the project in front of you. It's like, wait a second, this is a different art. This is a different craft and I'm kind of nasty at this. So like, let me figure this out. And that was the beginnings of it. Um, and then I actually said, okay, now that I feel that way, what is realistic here? You can't just like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. You can't, you can't just like upright and, and decide something. So you need to make a tangible plan. And for me, the tangible plan was, okay, I'm 30 years old. I'm going to just be a rookie in like some other industry. What does that even look like? And so, um, one key chess piece for me was to actually go to, I went to go get an, uh, a certificate. So not an MBA, not a graduate school, but literally going to get a certificate. And I specifically went to NYU to get a certificate for uh, digital media marketing. And, you know, some of the stuff that I learned there, I had already known through the, you know, the, the grassroots versions of it, but it was more like, all right, I got this fresh <clears throat> intimacy document, so to speak. And um, that was really a, an important chess piece. That was a, uh, a nice launching pad. And in fact, that my hypothesis was correct because when I started to go on interviews, guess what? Everybody, oh, you went to NYU, oh, you did this. And like, you know, I had to explain, no, I, I, it was a certificate, but yes, this is very recent. This is very fresh. I, I am very blessed and fortunate to have a, a, an, an amazing bachelor's degree from a top 25 university. Um, so it just compounded on itself. And like I said, I was just, Trying to trying to play chess and and you know could have went left it could have went wrong and I'm very fortunate that it didn't. You're a really smart dude, Chris. Man, you are a smart dude. I think everybody see the determination and grit inside of you right now. We got a question. Uh, any recommendations? My neighbor wants to change careers into the AI internet and or computer world. What do you what do you recommend, brother? Yeah, well, first and foremost, partially what I just shared, which is the idea of um, fresh market legitimacy. And I chose to go a certificate route at a particular school rather than doing the two, three, four year version. This was a summer. And I found that I, I get at the time I got the best bang for my buck if I went that route. So that was helpful for me. Nowadays, and for many years now, they have similar um, options, but it doesn't have to be university-based. They have things like uh, general assembly and other types of uh, sort of trade-like programs where you can say, you know what, I want to be a digital marketer or I want to be a web developer and I'm at zero today as I say this statement, but let me go manifest this by joining this, you know, this course. Let me, you know, study this for two, three, six months. And they actually have, um, they're almost like incubators 
where they already have relationships with um, companies like startups. Frankly, let's call it what it is. If I'm on the other side, right, and I'm a startup owner, I'm looking for hungry, scrappy, you know, trying to get after it people. The young Chris Rodriguez is. Well, let's be honest. And and who who might actually be more cost effective, right? So, so long as you are thinking that way, yo, I'm going to come in cost effective. So, Chris, so let me, let me ask you this, right? You started and everything else. How did you find yourself on LinkedIn? Mm. And, you know, let's, let's, let's unpack that. You find yourself, you're transitioning. You, we, we know your history. We're like family in a sense, not because we're just family, but because you have a specific skill set that today a lot of individuals are in high in demand. They want to be mentored by people like yourself because you're the pioneers. You've been able to connect the dots in such a fashion that is so easy to explain, but a lot of people have a hard time to comprehend. So let's shift from that particular perspective. And how did you wind up into LinkedIn? So you can explain to the viewers and how were you able to create a direct following based on your knowledge? Let's do that. Yeah, no, this is great. Thank you for, for bringing this up. So first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention to the leader's lead audience that Hiram brings this up in part he's the lead here Hiram isn't is an expert at LinkedIn marketing and so I'm just trying to catch yes, up yes he is so aside, <laughs> aside from that and I've mentioned that to Hiram many times uh, aside from that my story of LinkedIn is actually a very real world story so when I was still in the music game the first chapter everything I just told you all I vividly recall going to a music conference, the ASCAP music conference in Los Angeles. And I'm talking about like any conference, you have boots, right? And often they're humble boots. And I remember vividly going to a booth on this little old company with a banner in front of the table, okay, called LinkedIn, vividly. And this was maybe 2009, 2010. Yeah, and I remember stepping. We're, we're talking about like the seven hundred dollar booths. <laughs> you know, look, exactly. And so think about it this way: so everybody there who is a vendor, like any conference you go to, they have a pitch, they have a spiel, etc. But like, all right, so there's like forty of them, and I remember stumbling on this LinkedIn booth and being so um, like in impressed with the concept that this is wait a second this is a social network but that it's business related um tell me more and i remember spending like a good 45 minutes talking to the person at the booth and i said yo i'm signing up right now i signed up and i started to you know be an average user but there is a persona that i learned on linkedin that i didn't know i was fitting that persona but I found out later that I was that persona and the acronym is a lion L I O N LinkedIn open networker, which specifically means what it sounds like, which is people have different styles to how they network. Um, you might be cool, too cool for school in the club and you're not trying to talk to anybody, but like a couple of specific people that you know, and only those people, I was never that guy. I was shaking hands with everybody. I don't care how small or large you were. I'm, I'm buying you a drink. Let's talk. So I just take, took the digital version of that. And I started to accept people with, with less of a filter and more like, Hey, listen, in a future state, there might be some connectivity for us. So, you know, let's connect. And if not, so be it. And if so, amazing. And I took that approach from day one. And the rest of it is history. That is really like I've learned over time. There are certain personas and other people, when they hear what I just said, they might be like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not trying to have Johnny Doe and Janie Doe in my network. Nah, I want to keep it tight. I want to keep, okay, God bless you. That's not my style. And as a result, um, that's why I have that network I have today. I can tell you, uh, though I'm still working on the engagement in LinkedIn, there's plenty of rock stars like yourself, Hiram, 
who uh, put up posts and get hundreds, thousands of engagements. That isn't so much my game, but I do use the network uh, for business purposes all the time. Anytime, like I get a lot of intro requests. Right. Um, the chance is because I'm connected to somebody that's worth being connected to. So that's how it's worked out for me. So I, you, I love that. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, cool. I love that. Um, I love that you connect with everybody. I was just talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and he said, no, oh, well, you have all of these uh, connections. You should probably drop some connections and just have them follow you. And I'm just like, dude, that don't make no sense. Like, what's the, what's the point? What's the point of that? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I'm the same way, man. I want to buy everybody a, a, a cup of coffee. What do you think about those people that aren't like that? That they're just like, you know what? I'm only going to connect. There's some people I know that you don't have 10,000 followers. They won't connect with you. Mm. Well, look, like I said, everybody's got a different persona. And I think that there's room on this planet for all kinds of different flavors of how one has their style, etc. Um, I respect them all. In fact, as a marketer, I try to know what those persona styles are, how people think, so that I can connect with those people, you know, directly in that way. That said, I obviously have my own style. Um, and it has pros and cons too. Like, look, let me be clear. I get a lot of spam in my inbox from the percentage of people that let's say haven't proven their worth or haven't curated a message that is, um, worth replying to. And guess what? That's part of the game before I even joined uh, tech startups, as I alluded to when I was in digital marketing for the music industry, I had an email blast list that had tens of thousands of people, and that was my monetization strategy. I had tastemakers that were on my list. Mm -hmm. And so guess what? You have to have a tolerance the same way if you're a personality and you go on a screen and someone starts to poke at the blemishes on your face and this and that. You got to have some tough skin for that, right? And like yeah. when you're an email marketer, there's some people who will unsubscribe, no big deal. And there's some people who will tell you about yourself, right? Yeah, and you just have to right. like be okay with understanding that there's different pockets of people with different, they might've had a bad day that day. Okay. God bless you. Like, you know, it is what it is. You just have to, if you're trying to be larger, bigger, that's part of the game. And I've, I've, um, I'm grateful that I learned that lesson a long time ago. You know, something, uh, Chris and Tony, uh, we go back. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been on this thing. I've been on this platform since it first came out. I, I'll tell you that right now. And but that's uh, two days you, after they had the booth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quick, uh, you know, I just found it. It was very professional back in the day. And uh, I noticed that it was so professional. I didn't see a lot of veterans. So that time I was still working for the VA, but I was doing advocacy for the veterans. And I said, hey, man, why don't I do something different as far as advocating for veterans and veterans rights and posting real situations? Mm -hmm. To your point, Chris, yes, I've gotten a lot of engagement. Don't ask me how that's happened. It just took a life of its own, like you stated. I think everybody has your niche. Tony has a niche. You have a niche. And I have a niche. Mm -hmm. I've been able to, especially, I can honestly tell you, during the pandemic, where everybody was being Zoom babies and freaking social media babies, they were just Zoom babies. <laughs> they were just I'm still that one. <laughs> they, 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 they were just screaming on on there because they've lost the sense of, of reality of touching. So the only mm -hmm. sense of communication was going on LinkedIn. If I can't go outside, let me see what's going on. Then you start seeing the people that uh, do, really don't understand the value of this platform because we all know as professionals. This is our digital business card. Mm -hmm. and people, now, people really don't understand that now, since we evolved from that, is that we take it seriously. And this is one of the most serious platforms as far as networking, business marketing, creating a circle of influence, being an influence, and finally monetizing mm -hmm. the worth and the niche that you really bring because then you become a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. For Tony and myself, we've been able to collaborate. And I was surprised that, you know, we talked about it, Chris. I, I've had like two, three posts. They've got 3.5 million, 4.1 million. 
you know, unbelievable. But the thing about it is, is I don't yearn for that. It was just more or less to be able to bring that. Now you're starting to see a culture right after you, Chris, and between Tony and myself that are wanting to get into this type of uh, in the game, but they're trying to take shortcuts. And us as pioneers and you as especially a subject matter expert, there's a science to that. Mm-hmm. There's a system to that. Mm-hmm. And people want to be able to say, how can I follow, how can I create this much following? I've seen people with one point or two point million followers. I go, how the hell you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they do that. But mm-hmm. now as as we're going more into technology, mm-hmm. the artificial intelligence, people are more focused on social media now than they mm-hmm. were last year, five mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And uh, you know what? I want to address one of the things that you just highlighted. You had said the business card. It's like the it's like the new digital business card. Or I would I would extend it to say the resume, obviously. Right. Right. And one thing, uh, a couple things is my user behavior changed. What was once working really hard to format a Microsoft Word document, save it as a PDF say you're interviewing and you send this attachment doc. I stopped that behavior a long time ago. And instead I went against the grain and said, you know what? Go to my LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash IN slash Chris Excel. Go to my LinkedIn. And if you go to my LinkedIn, you'll not only see the same stuff you would have seen on this Microsoft Word document anyway, but you'll also see a little bit of, um, I don't know, like a little bit more substance to that context. Uh, not to mention the fact that one thing, one tactic that I used, I don't want to say like intentionally, like it's sinister, but I have proactively throughout my career asked anyone who I've done good work with or, or done right by if they can say some good words on my LinkedIn. If not, no harm, no foul. I'm not taking it personally. Much love. But in the event, in the event that they have 10 seconds, you know, it would be, I would be very grateful. And in fact, that has manifested that positive energy and the work ethic. I only realized after time, because I was just rolling after time that ended up becoming, oh, wow, like a, a good amount of amazing people that I genuinely find awesome, amazing people that I have really good relationships with or have done like that, that interaction we had was a memory that stays with me even now. Like they took 10 seconds to write some good words. Well, guess what? I didn't realize this and I wasn't planning for this, but that becomes an asset. And so as you accrue these assets, it compounds on itself. It's like a cosine. So imagine you got a cosign from Jay-Z when he was just coming up and then 15 years later he becomes Jay-Z. Well, you have that cosign from Jay-Z 15 years ago. It accrues value. And I didn't plan for that, but once it started to manifest, it became so obvious and logical that I was like, all right, well, A, I'm grateful that I took that approach and B, you know, I think that that's a, that's a, that's an okay ask. Like I don't ask for favors. You know, I probably like I just told one 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 client of mine over the last decade that I really ever ask for a favor. And I said, yo, I don't ask for favors. I just want you to introduce me to this one guy. That's it. I don't ask for favors. The only thing I, I said was, hey, if you have some nice words, please leave them here on this document, on this, on this LinkedIn. Next thing you know, I'm I'm grateful to say I have 60 plus LinkedIn recommendations, which I have found to be an outlier. So, yeah, wow. that's really cool, man. I I think I got a couple. I got a couple on my. I've, I've written. I've written a bunch, <laughs> but but I think I I only got a couple. That's cool that you started collecting them. I was looking at I was looking at yours. Look like you got one from uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh well, man. No, that's cool. Do you ever uh, you ever get trolled on LinkedIn? Do I one more time? Do you ever get trolled on LinkedIn? I'm not popular enough to get trolled on LinkedIn. That's Hiram problems. <laughs> um, but I'm sure if if I if I uh, 
if I ever go viral with a post, I'm very prepared for the percentages. Yeah. To say for every three, four, five people that'll be like, great job. I was like, ah, you're corny. And you know, you just gotta be built for that. That's dope, that's dope. Do you, um, do a lot of your business, does it come off of LinkedIn? Um, yes. And also, you know, um, the two things that have been very promising for, uh, my business, my lead generation, most certainly LinkedIn, um, for the reasons I mentioned before, you see my resume, you might do a search for a certain keyword. Like I, I offer the service of SEO for websites, for clients, but let me be clear, uh, platforms be it YouTube, be it LinkedIn, have their own SEO, which is always the same rule. If you are optimized for certain keywords, you're going to get more traffic than person than a person who is not optimized for those keywords, than a piece of content that's not optimized for those keywords. That makes sense. And so um, initially I was just documenting things I've done. I then learned, oh, wait, um, people are searching for these things that you've done and you come up in these searches. So you're getting a lot of impressions and I have certainly gotten a, a good chunk of cold outreach, um, from that. And, you know, similar to the lion LinkedIn over open networker mentality. Uh, I also keep my calendar open. So I take calls and, you know, occasionally I'll have like, uh, all right, great. Nice to meet you. You know, peace out. If you ever need anything, holler, but like, okay, that was a half an hour. Um, versus, you know, more often than not, uh, a promising call, a, a promising outreach. So I keep my calendar open. And another thing I'm very grateful to say the ultimate channel, and I'm, I'm the dude who like works on these digital channels. The ultimate channel is word of mouth and referrals, mm -hmm. which is obviously particularly difficult to get. And I, and what I'll say is, um, anybody who knows me knows that I'm not talking fluff here. I'm not trying to sound cool. I keep my head down. I get it done. I pull up, we got results, rinse and repeat. Here we go. That mentality I'm grateful to say has lent itself to a lot of word of mouth and referrals. That wasn't the plan, but it has lent itself that way. I love it. Damn, I love it. Yeah. Where did her ram go? So look, brother, a lot of people want to know, they have this persona that it's so hard to do these specific tasks, right? And you just broke it down to a science, how to monetize, how things go viral, and what is it that you do as you have an open platform to virally shake hands with other people, to create a following where everybody is still brand new in social media. And the reason we're on this topic with Tony and Chris is because a lot of people I'm seeing rapidly within the last 18 months are jumping on LinkedIn, they're jumping on social media, and they have a certain expectation. Then they do the comparisons where, hey, why are you putting Facebook uh, content on LinkedIn. And then I go, so define the process of that. And then they go, when well, Tony and me were doing podcasts, remember the last podcast, Tony, we did, we had trolls and they were wanting to shut us down because of that. So we have a lot of resistance, but the biggest thing that people don't know is the education factor that you bring to the table, especially from your perspective, from a younger perspective, that you can educate not only the younger generation, your generation, but people from my generation, the baby boomers, because they are struggling to be able to create a content and be accepted in the social media society from a business standpoint, from a content and a personal standpoint. And I think that the major thing that's going on, there's a disconnect from that. And people don't understand until you pour into yourself and create a digital business card, a digital resume, yeah. with, and that has content. And people take a second look, as you stated, 
they look at the searches and they reach out to you. What do you right. guys think about that? Yeah, let me let me run with that one because um, the context, as the audience most likely caught on to, in part, is that um, I know I know Hiram from the generation above me, meaning my my father's sort of generation crew, etc. And the story I'm about to share is specifically about my father. And so my father had a little bit of, you know, um, desires in the same direction that you just shared, Hiram, which is to say, okay, I need to optimize my digital game. I know, I know what I don't know. How do I go about this? Uh, I've done these things, but I'm trying to go in this other direction. How do I make it work? And so uh, the simple answer is I took my SEO skills, which is the same that I did for my own profile. And I said, listen, let's actually do like a little bit of a workshop. So you've done A and B and C topically. But what matters is not that you've done these things, but how people reference those things, meaning the actual words that they use. So maybe sometimes people have done certain skills or have certain skills or have done certain tasks that they simply don't refer to it that way. They refer to it differently, abstractly, streetwise, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you took the same thing that you know you do, meaning if you were asked this in an interview and you could actually speak to it in detail, almost like a case study, but I'm telling you that they use this word, not that word, then why don't you just change the words to this other direction so you get the visibility and the awareness further it's a little bit of a mental switch where now you're gonna have to start thinking of yourself that way you should think of yourself this way and you're the same dude you ain't lying you've done these things but now you need to talk about yourself in this way same guy same details but now you're over here and like anything new behaviors require like a little bit of onboarding, a little bit of practice, a little bit of bumpiness. But eventually he started to reference himself with the case studies in mind, with the LinkedIn profile type for this other direction. And nothing was fallacy, nothing was a lie, nothing was exaggerated. It was just thinking of yourself differently and positioning yourself with the rules of this game in front of you. And next thing you know, guess what? His inbound went up. His job offers went up, his interview opportunities went up. He started to use his LinkedIn profile rather than the traditional, uh, you know, document style. And he now has a very promising career in this other direction, which had always been, he just didn't categorize himself that way, nor position himself in the market that way. Wow. So. That was a very important thing that I spent some time with my father on and beyond my father or not, it's to your point of, you know, there's generational gaps. Like technically, first of all, I'm turning 40 this year. I appreciate you calling me a young buck, but I'm turning 40 this year, bro. I got a few kids. All right. I try to keep myself young, but the idea is. Doing a good job, bro. Just Even still, yeah, that's a damn good compliment, man. <laughs> I'm, technically, I'm technically a millennial. The first you know year of millennial is 1981. I'm 81. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. There's a little transition called a zennial, X, Xennial, zennial. Generation X meets millennial. Right. And I just share that because I grew up in this digital mindset, yet I still have that old vibes, um, old soul, as they say. So um, I relate to that, that, that generation that didn't have that advantage. You know, they didn't grow up with the dial-up modem, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like when we were growing up, because, man, I'm, I'm 38. And while we were growing up, I remember being one of the first kids on the block with internet and having AOL, listening to it. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're bing, bong, and then next thing you know, like the screens lit up, you're on, and it was like mm -hmm. the, the best thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's 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 really cool, man. I'm mm -hmm. I'm impressed by you, man. I want to, dude. This stuff that you're doing, 
are you doing that you did for your father? Have you, are you doing it for anybody else? So I don't, I, it's not like that's a service that I offer. Um, the way I say it, and I should, I should probably be cautious on a public podcast saying this, but like, <laughs> no, don't use no caution. Go for it, brother. Go for it. Friends and family, like I always say game is free. If you can't tell, I like to chat about stuff, my craft, um, tell war stories. So, you know, for friends and family, game is free. So I, I do that and I actually invest my heart in that. Um, but I don't offer that service or anything like that. But um, some people have heeded the vibes, heeded the warnings, heeded the advice. And uh, I've seen nothing but uh, positive when, when people start to like challenge themselves a little bit in this space. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, you know, a lot of people, right, from uh, very much a diverse uh, uh, culture, they're just referencing and then it, people don't really understand that this, this could be a dull subject. But nine times out of ten, if you think about it, we're behind this freaking uh, screen. On the phone, we talk, smartphone, text, inbox, I am. Uh, it's more like people going into, like, Snapchat or, or, you know, other social media sites. People take it for granted. And then when we talk about business, it becomes dull until it's a, necess it's a necessity. Hey, I'm looking to up my game. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to, you know, for people to really catch my eye. And what I can honestly tell you from my experience, when during the pandemic, right, I put myself out open. I had a lot of recruiters come out there. You're, you're expert, you're doing everything else, but they suck. Tony and me talked about that because they over, they over They look at your freaking profile. Don't tell them what I said about recruiters. Yeah, yeah I know, we're trying to major F-bomb. But here's, here's my point, right? Generation gaps, right? It would go like this. They look at myself and say, you do an outstanding job, but guess what? This is what's going on. There's people my age group that are suffering from social media age discrimination. Okay. And in a lot of factors because I never thought about that. That's yeah. right. Because if you really think about it, the pandemic has changed the game, the work game, the you know, entrepreneurship, capitalism. We're in a form of socialism and we're in a form that hey, we're dependent, but we're not dependent. And what's happening is the cost of living and everything else is going up. And, but people are still young enough to work, but they don't have the specific social media marketing skills to market sure. themselves, just as sure. you stated to your dad, to sure. be able to have the opportunity to close a business deal because everything is so cyber, so neutral, so mm -hmm. black, and they're not having a physical engagement. Mm -hmm. What do you say about that, Chris? Yeah, look, I think... Um... Part of it is willingness. And what I mean by that is to say, um, like anybody, if you have X number of years doing a thing, whatever the thing is, and someone tells you, hey, why don't you try a different way to approach this thing? You know, many people are not ready and willing to uh, address change. I have found myself to be and I didn't, I, I, I don't say this with pride, but I have found myself to be particularly unique that I'm so willing to take risks and so um, willing to make change. Like, I mean that to say, I wish there were more people who think that way. And I found myself to be a little bit of an outlier there. In my opinion, more people should see very clearly, I'm doing X, X ain't working. How do I change? right? The analogy of weight loss. I got an extra, let's say 20, 30 pounds. I've been doing it this way. This way is not working. I need to try a different way. If you still on this path, what, what are we going to say here? So, um, as it relates to social media, I think at the end of the day, there are a few key rules. People need to a, be aware of them. If you're not even aware of the rules, then obviously that's a challenge. So awareness is key. And then B, once made aware, you need to act accordingly. And if you're not willing to act accordingly, then obviously 
the lack of results that you get, you need to at least be aware that, listen, I was told the game and I'm over here. So obviously I'm not following the game and therefore that's what happens. Any perception otherwise is kind of silly. So the game is essentially, you know, a couple things that I've mentioned thus far already, which is a little bit of keyword optimization, speaking about yourself in a certain way. And there's also, um, you know, personal brand. So if I'm out here as, let me just give some examples, Hiram, and some, some personas that I might mention here might fit people in your feed, even yeah. in yours, Tony, right? So you got an OG that might say some random thought in his or her head. Random thought, publish. Did you think about the power of that publish button? Because now you have a whole network of people that have seen that random thought. Were you calculated in that random thought? Most likely not in the same way how we're all just hanging at the bar and you just say a random thought. Oh, you're the random thought person. Got it. You just say whatever's on your mind. Well, if you're digitally like that, that's a digital footprint. And you start to personify yourself. You talk about silly stuff, you're going to look silly. You talk about controversial stuff, you're going to look controversial. You talk about political stuff, you're going to look like too too much caring about politics. Right? Um, if you start submitting to online contests that ask you to publish on your page, you're going to look like someone who's <laughs> foolishly looking things on your page. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. all know these people. And... Um, I have been for a long time particularly calculated of what I publish. In fact, I have told many friends and family to equally be careful about what you publish. Not because I say go left and you got to go left. You could go whatever direction you want. Just know that when you're doing that, you're committing to that direction. And you can't renege three days, weeks, months, years later. Because best believe, especially in this cancel culture, they will find you and they will, that's all digitally traced and, you know, job opportunities, network opportunities are all reliant upon this digital persona. I get people who are in my digital network who tell me how amazing my family is or how, how awesome my work ethic is. I appreciate you. But the truth is, behind this screen, we've spoken maybe twice in the last decade. But I understand that the calculation of me pressing publish, not in a sinister way, just like nobody publishes every thought they have. Right. Some, people, some people do. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so I'm sharing a picture of my wife and children in this awesome event. I'm sharing a picture of this you know, amazing experience I had business-wise. And now you associate me with family and business. That was, I don't want to say again in a sinister way by design, but that was a little bit by design. You don't, know, you don't know that, you know, when we're all hanging out at the bar, I might be the loudest guy making loud jokes. Like I didn't publish that, right? That's still me. So people need to just be um, aware of your personal brand. Um, I've had random controversial thoughts. Man, this politician sucks. This politician's amazing. Like, is he really amazing? He's just a dude. Like, you know, I don't press publish on these thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. And I think from an OG, older generation perspective, I have sensed that many of those people don't get that. And right. that is a major blocker to even start the conversation. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Let's talk about as we wind down. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about talk about what it is that you do in your current business and how can we uh, reach out to you? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, as was teased out here, I am a digital marketer by trade. I have a digital marketing agency. Um, it is me and a, a few rock stars that I associate with. We're growing every day. Uh, I'm actively managing multiple clients, predominantly in the tech startup space. Um, and my website is here on the 
signature here or, or right here, ixcel.co, the letter I, the word E-X-C-E-L dot C-O, not dot com. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of my information is there, my bio, people I've done right by, a lot of these testimonials, the services I offer. And, um, you know, just keeping on, keeping on, man. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, clearly, given the theme of this chat, so you can always find me there. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to keep our heads down and, and grow this agency. So it's a major success story because we're winding down, right? Yeah. And I, I, I can honestly say it's one of the very few success stories from an urban, urban part of New York City that has changed the dynamics, especially now. And I really applaud you for taking the time out to come out here and share your vision and especially share your experience because, you know, I, can't, I love your dad, and I can honestly say that on public because we go back 50 years. You know, I treat you like family. But I want people to understand that because you're family, you don't have a, you don't have a past because you bring value to the, to the platform, right? I know so, no other way, guys. You know, so that in itself is – hold on just a minute. I got things going on. That in itself should be, be able to say that and – you know, we really appreciate what's going on, Chris. I'm sure you're going to be able to put your stuff out. Can you just tell people real quick how can they find you and your websites? And we don't have that right there, but, you know, we'll, we'll work something out. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, again, ixl.co, right there in the signature. Uh, that's the main website. As I mentioned, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, if you look me up on LinkedIn, you'll find Chris Rodriguez, and you will see a cartoon character an avatar. Um, I generally use the avatar. It's become a bit of a personal brand. I've been using it for even during my music industry days. So um, that's what you'll see. I know Chris Rodriguez, first name Chris, last name Rodriguez. I mean, there's probably 10,000 of them on this planet. But if you see the one associated with IXL or digital marketing with an avatar, you found the right person. I'm currently based in the Washington, D.C., Virginia area. Yes, native New Yorker, born and raised, Brooklyn and Queens, um, but have been residing in the D.C., Virginia market for over five, coming up on six years. You know, living, living in the burbs, keeping my head down, getting it done. Always willing to come out to um, any major market. Uh, literally just came back half an hour ago from an on-site with a client in the greater New York City area. So I'm I'm around, man. I'm I'm a Northeast dude. I'm around. So real quick, real quick, if you had an opportunity now that you're 40 years <laughs> old, right? Right? Had to go like this. What would you say to the younger version of Chris, real quick? I always have that last closing comment before Tony comes up with his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that because I'm looking for that younger version of Chris every day of my life. So honestly, I was so focused on paying my dues because I understood the long haul. And I have been unfortunately a little bit disappointed with the total number of people that I speak to and how what I just said that felt so obvious to me um, doesn't connect. And... Um, to the younger version of myself, so to speak, or people who are trying to do that, I would say create your plan and make it a realistic one, a one-year, five-year, ten-year plan. Understand that every chat and every move you make has a space in that one-year, five-year, ten-year plan. If it only makes sense for your one year and you're feeling good about the instant gratification, but it actually doesn't make sense for your five or your ten, that's a choice you're making. I never moved that way. And so the younger version of me or anyone trying to see this particular type of path, every move you make, every word you say almost, you have to be thinking like, how's that going to benefit me over here? Um, so that's what I would say there. Oh, awesome. Beautiful. Um, so when it's all said and done, right? You're done working, you're done parenting, like you're, you're in the ground. What would you want us to, to think about 
you? Like, what, what do you want your legacy to be? Tough. Um, well, ideally in a future state, I will have made some, some sort of level such that I can make some real decisions that I really hold true to my heart. That would be the real answer to what you just asked. Like, I have some weird visions that I'd like to impact some social issues that I deem to be important enough to care about. Um, I'm a diehard sports fan. So, you know, a guy that I uh, pretty much swear by, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's also a diehard sports fan. He wants to buy the Jets. I mean, hell, I'd like to buy the Knicks off of James Dolan. Um, so I got a lot of work ahead of me to even make that sentence half of a real one. But in terms of like today, the real Chris, um, I hope that everybody that I come across just feels like they had a very real, transparent, genuine experience with me, whether it was um, uh, obviously I hope to, for them to be mostly good ones. But even if it was a bad one, um, I'm aware of those things. I lose sleep over them. I try to fix them. And so I just hope that people feel like I was a real dude who did right. That's just yeah. how I try to move. I feel that way, brother. Man, dude, this this has been really good. I, I love the man that that you are, man. And I can see why uh, Haram recommended you with so much praise, dude. It's been a freaking honor. Oh, my God, it's been an honor. Thank you, Tony. Um, I appreciate you guys thinking of me this way and having me. Um, happy to uh, contribute back to the ecosystem any way I can, man. Um, Your dad would not even have an idea how much of an impact. Oh, stop it. No, <laughs> I talk to that guy more than I talk to most people in total. So um, so what would you say to yeah. your dad after this? What would you say to your dad? So you, you get what I'm saying? We grew up. Yeah. This is important, Tony, because th this is something where the ge our generation has a different mindset of everything else. You're going to talk to your dad and you yeah. have this conversation. What's yeah. the experience you're going to share with him on that? Yeah, look, um, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. The tone that I have with you guys here, the stories I'm sharing, this ain't nothing new for me. I talk this talk all the time. And mm. frankly, out of all people, has my ear most mostly. Um, so, uh, and vice versa, right? I'm, I'm talking his ear off all the time. So all I could say is that, hey, listen, can you imagine that I was just being myself and like it added value to a room of people? That's pretty cool. That's that's it. This is me every day. I see my mom leaving a little chat there, mommy. I love you. Oh, that's well, amazing. Hey, good to see her, man. Tell her I, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm proud of her, you know, and hmm. uh, it's it's for our culture, Tony. You know, as far as diverse and being from the Puerto Rican culture. It's very important to uplift our own kind, especially when they're doing something. People don't understand the strong sense of diversity, and they need to understand that now American society has changed where the diversity is the majority and has changed so much that people need to take notice of what's going on. So I'm proud of you, Chris and Madeline. Thank you for... Uh, Popping out a top line guy. <laughs> I like that. That's the quote of the show. Popping out a top line <laughs> guy. Out a top line guy. I love I it. Appreciate you. Thanks for being on. Hang out a second, and then, uh, yeah, man, that's good around. All right, bro. We got. Hold on, just a minute, brother. I think we got. Last time I checked, it was six hundred views in that hour. So and that's good stuff. That's good stuff, man. Chris is Chris is really good, man. You're you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. He's a success story, brother. He comes from the hood like I do, where a lot of drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, the dope fiends, they, they on heroin and methadone and everything else. He operates in a hundred plus mentality, even from childhood. Wow, yeah. I can believe I can see that. Madeline, you raised an amazing young man. I can see that. That's you know, cool, man. I mean, uh, you know, I'm proud to say that this kid, man, he's a staple of where I, where we come from. We come from the same 
uh, environment, but people don't get it as far as wow, what is going on. So you can bring his ass back in, man. You should be proud. You should be proud. Look like they're gonna kick us out, brother. Well, we're getting ready to end the broadcast. So until until next time, until next time, leaders lead the podcast every Friday at seventeen hundred Pacific Standard Time. That's five p.m. for your uh, civilians. What about your show, brother? Yeah. Oh, so real quick, uh, I created uh, LinkedIn Live, uh, uh, LinkedIn Perspective. So what you're not be able to do, I'll be bringing LinkedIn Perspective for a lot of people. And I'm going to surprise your ass. I'm just going to call it out. We, that's how <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nina said amazing. All right. Until next time. Yeah.